You're listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. Today we had the opportunity to interview Coach Jake McKinley. He's currently the head coach of William Jessup University, an NAIA school. We talked to Coach McKinley about how he was able to turn a program that had turned in three consecutive losing seasons into a division winner in his first year as head coach. We talk about how he was able to motivate his team, what he focused on on changing, as well as what he looks for in the recruiting process. All that and more on today's episode. Jake, it's great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's great to be here. Awesome. Um, so I kind of wanted to start this conversation by talking about your, you know, your fantastic season last year. Um, it's been described to me as uh, probably one of the best program turnarounds in college baseball history. Um, and I'm really just curious, uh, you know, maybe take us through your background real quick, just a brief look at, at you know, where you've been and how you got to this point where you became the head coach at uh, William Jessup. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Placerville, California, which is um, I think people best know it as the last stoplight before Lake Tahoe when you're coming from the <laughs> Bay Area. Um, but I grew up there and uh, two sport athlete in high school. And then when I went to college, um, I actually went to a junior college and I, and I got cut. Uh, it was just just wasn't quite good enough. Um, and then I found my way to an NAIA school, Bethany University, which is in Santa Cruz and um, still kind of struggled early in my career. But, you know, fortunate enough to maybe grow into my own body a little bit when I was probably 20. And um, so I ended up having a, a nice career there and, and played a couple years of, of independent ball, which given my skill set, I was very fortunate uh, to do that. But it got right into coaching. I mean, I was for the most part, a, a mid to upper 80s right-hander. So coaching was probably a better avenue than playing. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I got a job at my my alma mater as a volunteer assistant. Um, and then the following year, had an opportunity to be a graduate assistant at an NAI school in Kentucky, Campbellsville University. Did that for a couple of years. Came back, did a year at a junior college as the pitching coach. And uh, that led me to be at Sacramento State, started as the director of baseball operations, was promoted to the volunteer position, which is hilarious to say, getting promoted <laughs> to the volunteer, and then uh, and then actually got promoted from the volunteer to the paid position. And then that led me to go to Menlo College, where I was at for four years. Great experience there. We had uh, a lot of success. And and then ultimately, um, after four years at Menlo, the opportunity at Jessup presented itself. And given that, you know, Jessup is so close to where I'm from, um, I, I took the job and uh, it's been a it's been an incredible experience. That's awesome. No, you definitely I feel like uh, gone throughout all the ranks and, and uh, now you find yourself at, at Jessup and, you know, you were taking over a team that I think was fairly young as far as I think they'd only been a team for a few years and, and uh, they had been some rough years. And so you're, you're taking over the helm. Um, what were your expectations kind of going into the year? Yeah. So, you know, when I first got the job, you just kind of look at it from a, a 30,000 foot view. So initially my goal was, well, let's try to double the win total. Um, they had won 10 games the year prior. So it was like, we could go from 10 to 20 wins and, and you know, 10 wins was their, their program high. Um, I thought that would be good. But, you know, as I started to get to know the players uh, that were returning, and then as the recruiting class started to shape up, 
I started to suspect that we actually could do better uh, than, than that initial goal. And um, so I think the goal probably adjusted itself throughout the summer and then throughout the fall and obviously throughout the spring. But, you know, initially it was just, um, you know, let's try to double the win total. And then our sights started to get higher and higher. Um, but, you know, doing that, we wanted to be sure that uh, we built the, the culture the right way. Um, and, I, and I think culture is just a word that gets thrown around quite a bit and, and for good reason. It's, it's super important, but we wanted to instill belief um, that we could win, you know, because I think winning requires a tremendous amount of work and tremendous amount of effort on the, on the part of players and coaches. And so you want to feel going into that, that your prep work is, is going to be worth it. And then obviously, uh, expectations wise, we wanted to be sure we could, you know, have a good player development system in place. Uh, we set three goals in, in our player development, which was number one was skill acquisition. You know, as coaches, we had to provide opportunities for our guys to develop tangible skills that they would need between the lines, uh, mental toughness. And, you know, for us, mental toughness is basically just the ability to play one pitch at a time or attack one task at a time without too much influence on on you with the past or the future. Um, I don't think it's, you know, smear an eye black down your face or, or staring people down. <laughs> and then uh, citizenship, um, making sure that our guys were leaving better people. So, you know, we had a lot of goals on, on the front end um, and they continued to grow. But overall, uh, our, our, our approach has always been you put player development at the forefront of everything and the wins and losses will take care of themselves. No, that's that's great. Um, now, did you have an opportunity when you took the job to form your own recruiting class or were you were you given a recruiting class that was coming in or was it kind of a mix of both? Um, a little bit of a mix of both, but we we signed 14 players that summer. So I, I got the job on, on June 1st and we had had our staff in place pretty quickly thereafter. Um, but I actually you know spent a lot of time on the front end just getting to understand what we already had. But yeah, and mm -hmm. I, I want to say that three players were already signed. So there were 17 new faces last year. Um, and obviously, we honored the commitments of the kids that had already signed with the program prior to my arrival. Right. Um, you know, so you had a roster that I think struggled, it seems, offensively. Um, what part of the game, I think, when you were learning about, you know, what needed to take place, you obviously had a tangible goal of doubling the win total, which you clearly surpassed. Um, was there something in particular that you wanted to focus on? Was it pitching? Was it hitting? Um, was there anything in particular that you thought you could uh, would be, make it the easiest to double that win total or to reach that goal? Yeah, um, they had actually pitched pretty well um, the years prior. I think offense uh, offensively was where they, they had some struggles. So we wanted to be sure that we, we brought in uh, some guys that could do damage offensively. And there were obvious things baseball-wise that um, we aimed to modify. But honestly, more more than anything, uh, the the steps that we tried to really take was just like, just speak positively about everything. Um, you know, I, I think anytime you're trying to, to turn something in, in the right direction, uh, you know, there's got to be belief up top and there's got to be belief uh, within the people in your organization. And, and when you put that belief out into the universe or you speak about it, you're, you're going to run into naysayers. And we certainly did. Um, but just, just try to maintain a positive vibe within the team. That was a big deal to us. And, uh, you know, we we're really fortunate. Our players uh, were exceptional when it came to the buy-in of, um, 
you know, speaking positive and, and have a belief in each other. Yeah, that's great. Um, was there an aha moment for you in the middle of the season, you know, kind of where you understood that you were building something great or you were taking part in something that maybe, you know, you, you mentioned you were surpassing uh, some goals and, and changing those goals. But w do you do you think of a specific aha moment? So two come to mind. Um, the first one is, and this was based on some mistakes that I had made in the past. But like I said, when I first got the job, I really wanted to identify like what was right with the program. I think a lot of times new head coaches, they come in and it's kind of like, well, I got to get my own guys in here. And, um, and I was like that when I first got to Menlo, but here, I, I think my approach was more so let's see what's right. Let's see what we have. And I'm really glad that that was our approach because there was a lot of talent actually that we were inheriting. Um, and as we went through the fall, I just I just saw the the group mesh together, and that was an aha moment for me personally. That anytime you enter an organization and you're the new guy, I don't care if you're the leader, um, they were there before you got there, and they didn't choose you. So um, I think moving forward, I'll always know that. Like if I'm going into a leadership position, uh, I have to identify what's good about the place, not go into it like, hey, we got to flip this thing or we got to fix this because there wasn't a ton of fixing that needed to, to take place. To be honest with you, you know, on paper, it would suggest that. But we were fortunate. We got a lot of great kids. And I, and I saw that in the fall. But I, I'd say in the spring when I kind of realized like, OK, this is maybe going the right direction. Um, <clears throat> it was in March. The, the first national poll had come out. And we were ranked sixth in that poll. So, you know, the program had never had any national recognition. Then all of a sudden, you know, you're in the top 10 in the country. And it came out on a Tuesday. And we played a night game that night at Simpson University. Um, and they were having a tough year. So we went up there. And we were up nine to two in the sixth. And uh, we blew the lead. They came back and they beat us. Um, I want to say it was an 11 to 10 final. And I just remember after the game, <clears throat> Um, the first thing I, I said to the guys was like, you have to tip your cap to them because there wasn't really a ton that we did wrong. Like they just, they just came back. They got a bunch of hits. They got timely hits. They found holes and, and that's baseball. Um, but I told them like, when we get back, you got to get ready for some noise. Like people are going to say that you lost focus because you got ranked. People are going to say, uh, that you, you came into this, this situation cocky and arrogant. And, and, and I knew that wasn't the case, but. You know, I told him you got you got to manage that well, and and we got we got a job to do uh, this weekend. We were going into a big conference series, and you know, we came back to practice the next day. The guys practiced extremely well. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of, you know, woe is me mentality, and and we went down uh, to Vanguard and were fortunate enough to sweep them, and that that began an 11 game win streak. And I just felt that at that point we had a very resilient group, um, mm -hmm. and we had the right leadership. We had the right player leadership, and and that's when I knew, like, that was the aha moment. Like, we have a chance to be really good here because one thing I do know is this group is going to bounce back. They're going to bounce back when they win, and they're going to bounce back when they lose. They're, they're very good at, you know, kind of keeping that neutral mindset. Yeah, I think that that's something that isn't talked about a lot, but it seems like it's, it's the makeup of a lot of great teams and, and great coaches that emphasize that. Um, you know, one of the questions I have for you is you, you've obviously coached in a lot of places. Um, how do you think that your previous coaching stops really have impacted the success you had last season? Yeah, so I think at Menlo, 
Um, one of the things that I really learned, which I touched on earlier, is just, you know, when you come into an organization, understand what you have uh, before you start trying to make changes, understand what works well. But also, too, you know, at Menlo, uh, we didn't have tons of resources. We had some good resources, but we were we weren't totally equipped. And um, I think a lot of times in player development, budget is blamed for inability to develop talent or inability to to win. And I just don't think that's true. I think you got to take what you have and you got to make it work. And, you know, if, uh, like I'll give you an example, like our weighted bat system at William Jessup. So Trevor Payne is, is our hitting coach and uh, mm-hmm. one of the best hitting guys I've ever met. But like, you know, we, we don't have the money for a, a, a full weighted bat system. But, you know, he, he created one by going and getting a food scale and measuring coins and taping coins on the bats. And it's <laughs> stuff like that that I think really um, kind of gives us our identity. So I, I learned that a ton at Menlo. Like, you just got to make it work with what you have. And all the time you spend complaining about what you don't have is time that you're you're honestly wasting. And um, had a had an opportunity to work at Sac State for a few years uh, under Reggie Christensen. And I learned a ton from him. But the main thing I learned from him is, as a coach, sometimes the best thing you can do is is just get out of guy's way and, and let them go compete. Um, and, and that's really influenced me a lot since I've been a head coach. But uh, I guess more than anything is that all these programs I've been to, they existed before I got there and they're going to exist after I leave. And um, I just want to be sure that when I'm there, I, I leave a positive impact on it. And it's certainly not about me while I'm there. It's, it's about the players and, and their development. Right. I, you know, I was taking a look at kind of the stats and comparing last year's team with this year's team. And it was came, you know, very clear to me that offensively there was just this massive shift and there was, it was noticeably so because I'm, I'm fairly certain you guys led, uh, I think either NAIA or all NCAA baseball and home runs at, at a certain point in the season. And just looking at the sheer offensive output, I mean, we're talking about uh, four times the amount of just, um, you know, RBIs and, and all this, all, all these other statistics just showed that your offensive output was just off the charts from, you know, one year to the next. Uh, was there anything that you emphasized specifically that changed that hitting approach for your players? Well, I think most of it, to be honest, was being supportive of our hitting coach, Trevor. He's, he's an incredible teacher. And then we had Ty Mitchell who ran the offense from third base. So, to be honest with you, um, I have a belief offensively that every time you swing, you should swing with the intention of doing damage. And at the end of the day, a good offense is just good at scoring runs. I mean, the things that I was really proud of last year is, yeah, we did. We hit a lot of home runs and we had the personnel to do so. But the team was really good at taking their walks, too. You can see like we had a guy that hit um, 18 home runs, but I think he walked over 60 times in, in a 58 game season. That's pretty impressive. Um, so honestly, when it comes to the offense, I, I would say like, <laughs> I, I heard a coach say this the other day, but I, I was just kind of like the bus driver. I was just driving the bus and, and people were on the bus and I was just making sure I didn't crash the thing. Um, and sometimes <laughs> the best things I could do offensively is, is just remind guys that they're good. Um, hitting yeah. is super difficult. And, and sometimes the best thing you can do is their, as their teacher is, you know, when they're not going good, remind them like, hey, you're, you're going to be fine. Everything's OK. Like, let's try to take this one up at a time. But our offense, without question, um, was a byproduct of 
uh, our assistant coaches. They did they did a remarkable job. That's awesome. Um, you know, next month or in a few weeks actually is the ABCA convention, um, and you're going to be a key speaker. Uh, what are you going to be talking about? Yeah, uh, and I'm really excited, very honored for that. I'm, I'm going to be speaking on uh, competition and more precisely how you can blend competition into training. I just think over the years, I've heard a lot of coaches at, at clinics talk about like, hey, you, you got to compete in everything you do. And, and that became more and more interesting to me a few years ago. And that's where I've channeled a lot of my research. So what I'm specifically going to be talking about is strategies as coaches to help your players learn how to compete against themselves because you hear that a lot. Um, strategies mm -hmm. to set up practice so there's good competition um, with players competing against players at your practice, and then also how to create like organic or unspoken competition. Um, so it's just right. basically it's it's an overview of blending competition into your program because in my opinion, analytics and technology. Um, I don't necessarily think those things can be called a competitive advantage anymore. I think they're a necessity. I think they just get your foot in the door. So now that we have all this incredible stuff in baseball to help our guys train, um, I think sometimes the competitive piece gets lost. And so it's like, how do you take all of this great advancement in coaching and still train uh, this, this competitive piece of the baseball player? And so that's what I'm going to talk about. And I'm really excited to share the content because it's something that I'm, that I'm pretty passionate about. And, and competing is, is a huge piece of our program at William Jessup. We try to, we try to compete in various aspects every day. Yeah. Um, speaking of competing, uh, you know, last year um, you took a team that, that was, I think, towards the bottom, if not the bottom of its uh, division or its league. And then you, you won the league last year. So, um, you know, how is your program and how is your staff and your players planning on building off of last year's success? I think the main thing is we want to be sure we separate the years. I mean, I will always and forever be grateful for the opportunity to coach that team last year. It was an amazing group of guys. Um, but I think sometimes when you when you win at a high level or even if you lose at a high level, like the following year, there can be some like. I guess you could call it leftover baggage. And, and we wanted to be sure initially that we just threw that out the window. Like that was last year. We're very proud of it. But the most important thing that we could do is take this group of players that were returning, which is a very talented group of returners, take this recruiting class, which is extremely talented, and, uh, and, and put them together and, and find ways to be the best versions of ourselves. I, I just think getting to that place of neutral is the key. So. Um, you know, the momentum in the community, the momentum on campus uh, is awesome. It's definitely helped us in the recruiting process. But um, more than anything, uh, we, we just try to try to separate the years, be neutral and um, stay to get better each and every day. Yeah. So and I, and I think another thing you talked about was, you know, tangible goal setting. And your first year, you wanted to try and double the win total. Um, do you have a tangible goal yet that you, you know, you believe that this team can accomplish this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, we were we were one win away from the World Series last year, and quite honestly, we were one inning away. We had a an incredible comeback in the in the championship game um, of of our bracket and just missed going to Lewiston. So I think the next goal would obviously be uh, to get there, to get to Lewiston, but. You know, I guess you don't really want to talk about that too much with your guys. And we try not to too much. Um, 
but I guess for me, that would be a goal for the team is to get into that World Series. But uh, it it obviously starts with um, getting into the postseason and finding ways to win. I that's the one thing I've I've learned in 13 years of coaching college baseball is, you know, your regular season is super important, but you know, when you get into the playoffs, it's just like anything can happen. I don't care if you're a five seed. I don't care if you're a one seed. Um, it's really about who plays the best in that in that period of time. So uh, as we train and as we prepare, um, you know, we definitely keep that in mind that we've got to be sure we enter the postseason with our guys healthy, our guys are confident. Um, and that's and that's a tricky balance. But uh, I, I would say going to Lewiston would be our goal for sure. That's awesome. I think that's a good goal. Um, you know, we're going to do a closing nine segment real quick. These are meant to be fun questions. Uh, say what's, you know, the first thing that goes on your mind, um, a sentence or less. So I'm going to okay. start. Uh, what time do you wake up in the morning? I'm plan B or excuse me. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a type B personality. So it varies day to day. I am not a routine based uh, riser. All right. Uh, favorite baseball movie? Or Love of the Game. Haven't heard that one yet. Um, favorite baseball player growing up? Here's a here's a wild one. Edgardo Alfonso. All right. I haven't heard that one either. If you were to choose one person <laughs> to play you in a movie, who would it be? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go Ryan Reynolds. Sunflower seeds, David or Spitz? Definitely Spitz. Crack pepper. DH or no DH? I'm a DH guy. Love the DH. Best player you have played with, against, or coached up until this point? I'd have to say uh, Lucas Erceg. You can start a pitcher in a must-win game. Who are you throwing? Any pitcher of any era. Ashkan Kuhalua. What is the number one character trait you look for in your recruits? Passion. Thank you for listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. For more information about the college baseball recruiting process, visit our website, collegebaseballmatch.com. You can also find us on all social media channels. Do you have a question about the recruiting process that you'd like answered on the show? Email us at support at collegebaseballmatch.com. 